guys could own, be the owner of any baseball team other than your favorite baseball team, why would you want to own that team? Well, I feel like why wouldn't I? Why wouldn't I want to own the Yankees? They're the most valuable franchise in sports. That one seems like an easy answer. That's a good point. That's a good point. Um, I mean, because if it's already like not going to be my favorite team, I might as well just pick the team that's going to make me the richest person. But it would also be the I'm... most expensive to get. Well, I, I can't afford any baseball team, so then what's the... Yeah, I just mean, like, you know, you'd have to... There'd be a lot of pressure, too, for being the Yankees owner. Feel like it'd be fun to be the Mariners owner because people in Seattle seem to love that team no matter what's going on. Um, obviously, I would try my best, you know, as an owner. But I feel like even if I didn't do the greatest job, it seems like for whatever reason they they stick by that team no matter what. Um, so I feel like it would maybe be a less stressful owner ownership uh, if I had to pick a team. And I don't know, the Mariners just seem like a fun team. You know, they usually have a have a knack for getting I'd go out and try to find like who's the next, you know, Ken Griffey Jr., who's the next Ichiro. Um, then that'd be fun. I'd be the Nationals owner and I'd move them back to Montreal. Oh. Nice. Right. See, Not I bad. like that. See, Not I was bad. thinking different though. And I then would I'd be sell the them because I don't I don't want anything to do with I'd Montreal. Change the name. <laughs> I'd be the Indians owner, I'd change the name, and then I just run them into the fucking ground. <laughs> so so that my favorite team could have a clear a chance point. of winning, you know. Yeah, I, Collusion. Mean, I guess if I was the Cardinals well, owner and just kind of, I don't know, maybe we just fire-sailed the whole team. Who knows? Yeah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of fire-sales, what do you say we jump right into this game, guys? Sure. Um, welcome, everybody, to One Game at a Time. This is the podcast where we tell the story of a single game from baseball's history. I'm Warner, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Sam and Charlie. Hello, guys. Hello. How's everybody doing? This is your boy, Sammy Franchise, coming to you through the airwaves. <laughs> through the airwaves? It's po- podcasts are distributed through the airwaves, right? Coming at you through your Wi-Fi or yeah, your cellular your connection through your 5G. I don't know. Maybe there's some radio station out there who's pirated our uh, you know, pirate radio <laughs> situation playing our podcasts. Who knows? How easy do you think it is to start like a pirate radio station? Because like, isn't it like illegal and shit? And it's yeah, not, that's why it's called a pirate radio it's station. Difficult. But just because it's illegal, it's, it's hard. Uh, um, I don't know. That's. I mean, I remember when point, but when Hale did it on Malcolm in the Middle. It seemed really cool. It seemed like a fun thing to do, and. That might be a good way for us to get this podcast out there is if we start our own pirate radio station and play Oget nonstop. Yeah. I uh, mean, you look into that, Sam. We almost have like a full day's – well, I guess between the Clubhouse episodes, we've, we've got like a full day's worth of content. So <laughs> Every day it just starts back over again. Yeah, I mean, I think that's genius. Maybe yeah, we delay we go, it. play all so. our stuff. Well, we'd have to throw in some commercial breaks in there. You yeah. Know? Well, you um, wouldn't want it we'll to be to... like the same time slot every day was playing the same episode, so you could get people to. And we'd play "Take Me Out to the Ball Game" like eighteen times <laughs> every day. <laughs> well, uh, this week's game was suggested by Charlie. Uh, if you have any suggestions for games, send us an email or reach out on all the social media platforms. Uh, we are at OGATPod on social media. Our email is OGATPod at gmail.com. Uh, let us know if there's any games you want us to cover. And also our Patreon supporters uh, will get priority in suggesting games. So check that out because there's some other fun rewards on there. And yeah, you might get to hear us talk about a game 
that uh, you suggested. When your team is owned by someone ranked one of the worst owners in sports, alongside Jim Dolan and Daniel Snyder, you usually don't have much hope for your club. The 2017 Marlins had been putting up with Jeffrey Loria's ownership since 2003, a tenure that started with so much hope in the form of a World Series win, but went downhill fast. After winning it all, Loria quickly dismantled the team and set about building a reputation for screwing over the city of Miami any chance he could. Whether he was trading away an entire lineup or making the taxpayers cough up $155 million for a new luxury stadium, Loria was not who the Marlins faithful wanted as their leader. This stadium deal that that Loria makes with the city or the county of Miami-Dade is like stuff of legend of how bad it and there's bad deals all over this country when it comes to stadiums i don't know why billionaires i mean this is a everyone talks about this but i don't know why billionaires can't just fund their own pay for the stadium yourself but like hey man the stadium and the team they provide an economic boost to the area and that's why the team keeps 100% of the revenue. Right. Right. The stadium, okay, so like this is just straight off the Wikipedia page. The stadium's public funding plan led to a protracted lawsuit, largely contributed to the ouster of several local politicians and triggered an SEC investigation as, re- as revelations God. of the team's finances and their handling of payroll, both before and after construction of the stadium, seemed to contradict some of the premises on which the tax-funded stadium deal were based. Uh, I mean, Epic. yeah. <laughs> the Marlins and Loria got a hundred percent of all revenue and profit that came into the stadium. the The city was on the the city and the county and the taxpayers were on the hook for any overcharges, any over budget that the stadium uh, ran into during construction. I mean, there are still people there today. This is like over almost a decade ago. There are still people there who hate Jeffrey Loria. And who who might even just hate the Marlins still because of the way that this stadium was handled. And, like, it was – honestly, it has to be considered a failure because the Marlins, like, routinely have no – I mean, even before – it's not a big difference this year and last year for Marlins attendance. (laughs) Like – Yeah, they're not setting attendance records. People don't go to the stadium And – I know Warner, we were talking about this privately. Like it doesn't make sense. Miami should be a baseball crazy town. Uh, Like the amount of Cuban American people there, the amount of Cuban immigrants there who like Cuba is a baseball crazy country. I mean, or, uh, you know, yeah, Cuba is a baseball crazy country. It's a warm place. So you can play baseball year round. There's so much talent. I mean, there's so many, even, and even, yeah, high schools that are in Florida routinely have great baseball teams. You've got so much talent. Yeah, those Florida colleges are all baseball powerhouses. Yeah, I mean, there's just so much talent all over the state. So it is wild that Florida's, you know, arguably kind of biggest city doesn't have this amazing baseball team. I mean, you think they would just have homegrown talent left and right that they've been scouting since these kids are 12 years old in Florida. Or, yeah, I mean, again, Sam, like you said, like the Cuban-American population in Florida. I mean, it's insane that the Marlins are not a bigger team. And, I mean, they're not even the biggest team in Miami, And I feel like. And it's it's just crazy. <laughs> well, we've talked about the Twins and how they go out and get – 
like hometown players and that's like their kind of marketing go-to is like, yeah, we've got the hometown kid. I, it mm-hmm. seems like a no-brainer that the Marlins should just do the same thing, but with the Cuban players. Like, just assemble yeah. a team mm-hmm. of Cuban players, and how could that city and like all of Florida not just love them? Well, I it's... mean, not even not even just that. Yes, that, but like Manny Machado is from Miami. Like Mister mm-hmm. Miami, they call him. I don't yeah. know if the Marlins yeah. really. The Marlins Plains. didn't. Well, well, well. Teams were going out trying their hardest to get Manny Machado, who like. Side note, he's having an incredible year this year, like kind of mm-hmm. going unnoticed. He's being really good. And like, well, teams were bidding each other to get Manu Chato. The Marlins were selling all of their good players and basically deciding to be a team that doesn't compete at all. I mean, you look at it like yeah. Anthony Rizzo, like Anthony Rizzo is from Parkland, Florida. No, it's not Miami, but it's very much in that market of what Marlins mm-hmm. fans, like those people could be Marlins fans, but I, oh, yeah. I don't feel, I feel, and we'll get into it like, the past ownership, the new ownership, they don't seem to do anything successful to get Miami's to get the market of Miami interested in the Marlins. All they're trying to do is somehow penny pinch as much as they can, almost play it like a stock market, get players, <laughs> yeah. build them up so they have value, and then sell them the second anybody would be interested in them. How can you be a fan of a team? And we'll talk about this more, and it'll make a lot more sense, but like, it's hard to be a fan of a team when anytime you have a good player, you know they're about to be gone. Mm-hmm. That sucks. You want guys that are going to stick around. Like, and, you yeah. win the ninth. Like, this goes back to even before Jeffrey Loria. You win the 1997 World Series after you've only existed for four years. You know, the Marlins joined the league in 1993. Four years later, they win the World Series. I mean, they shock everybody, win the 1997 World Series, immediately trade every good player on that team. So, how are you supposed to be excited about a team when you see them win the World Series and then all those guys you fell in love with over the course of that playoff run are gone? And then they do the exact same thing in 2003 with a new owner, Jeffrey Laurie, who does the same thing. All the good players they have from 2003, by 2006, every single one of them is gone. And it's crazy, too, because... There, you know, that history, you know, Loria needed to look at what happened. 1997, they get rid of all the players, and then the team is terrible. Why would you win a World Series in 2003 and go, you know what I'm going to do? The exact same thing that clearly didn't work a couple years ago and, uh, you know, get rid of everybody again. It's crazy. Well, I think it's kind of a case of uh, if you look at the other Florida team, the Tampa Bay Rays, they do a similar thing where when players – are hitting arbitration or getting close to free agency and are going to be more expensive, the Rays just can't afford them and get rid of them. But the difference but, is the Rays are play that same stock market type of you know front office, but they're actually good at it. So yeah, the, the Rays well, are they, consistently and, competitive. Right. I mean, I don't know how to run a baseball team. I have no idea. But Jeffrey Loria also did not seem to really know how to run a baseball team. <laughs> that was evident because even before he was bought the Marlins in 2003, he had controversy because he owned the previously mentioned Montreal Expos before that. And he sold the team to the MLB so he could then go buy the Marlins. The MLB then sold the team to a group that moved them to Washington. And so Mar- Expos fans hate Jeffrey Loria. Uh, Montreal, the city of Montreal hates Jeffrey Loria and it's his co-owners, you know, the ownership group that he owned the Expos with 
actually ended up bringing a RICO lawsuit, an organized crime lawsuit against Loria and the MLB because they think like they colluded to basically fuck over Montreal and the rest of the owners. Yeah, that's wild. So that's all like that's that's what you need to kind of going into this what you need to know about like Marlins, the fan base, and and Jeffrey Loria. Well, outside of 1997 and 2003, being a Marlins fan was an exercise in futility, as the team had never won the division and only made it to the playoffs via the wild card. An impressive feat, but a lack of sustained success left the fan base bitter and frustrated. A lack of star power throughout the years only added to this frustration. We kind of already touched on it a little, but yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, if if you go to, like, baseball reference and you look at the Marlins page of, like, their top, all-time tw- top 12 players. Giancarlo Stanton is their number one traded. Hanley Ramirez, Josh Johnson, Luis Castillo, Dontrell Willis, Miggy Cabrera. None of these guys have spent super long on the Marlins. None of these guys are going to really get a lot of people excited. Like, Miggy Cabrera will get you excited. Miggy Cabrera is an inner circle Hall of Famer. They traded him to the Tigers. Like, he's a Tiger. No one thinks that Miggy Cabrera is a Marlin. He's definitely going to go into the Hall of Fame wearing a Tiger's hat. Won the Triple Crown as a Tiger. Like, there's just... there. When you think of the Marlins, there's not like... Okay, I think of the, the Yankees, and I think of... I, I mean, that's an easy one. Babe Ruth and Mickey Mantle and Joe DiMaggio. I think of the Cubs, and I think of Ernie Banks and Ron Santo, Ryan Sandberg, Fergie Jenkins... The Twins, Harmon Killebrew, Rod Crew, like these great players. The Marlins, yes, they're a young franchise, but like they don't have anything like that. Even a team like the Rockies, who are like similar aged, have like a Todd Helton, have like a Larry Walker, guys who are at yeah. least like Nolan Arenado now. Now, right? Yeah, guy. And like, I mean, we'll see if Nolan Arenado stays there, but like, at least yeah. right. there's star power there. And the Marlins just have not been able to, not even haven't been able to, haven't been interested. In having a relationship like that, yeah, with anybody. not even close, not even Mr. Close Marlin, to interested. Mr. Marlin, the guy whose nickname is Mr. Marlin, is Jeff Conine. Like, he's he's he's. I think he's the only guy who was on their 1997 and their 2003 World Series team, and he was on. He wasn't even on the team in between the two World Series. Yeah, he left the team and then came back, and they're like, "Well, I guess you're Mr. Marlin." I mean, you're the only guy that's been around for both uh, World Series, so congrats i suppose <laughs> so that that's what we're talking about where it's like part of being a baseball fan or even just a sports fan in general is like people say like oh you're rooting for laundry you're rooting for you know the name on the front not the name on the back but like i at least i personally and i think a lot of people like me you you want to like the guys you're rooting for you want to get to know them and, and have them be part of your life year in and year out if it's a new group of guys every year and they're usually not that good like how are you how are, how are you going to get up to root for that team? Yeah, you want to root for your guys. And you, you want to feel like you know those guys better than anybody else knows those guys. And you can't do that if it's a revolving door. Yeah, exactly. So, like, that's yeah. what it's like being a Marlins fan. Like, especially since 2003, they haven't even made the playoffs. Despite all this, the 2017 Marlins felt different. Led by the larger-than-life slugger Giancarlo Stanton, who in 2014 had signed the biggest deal in sports history for $325 million over 13 years, the Marlins roster also included an aging but still beloved Ichiro, a base-stealing machine and 2015 batting champ D. Gordon, a two-time All-Star Marcelo Zuna, 
a hot-hitting catcher, JT Realmuto, and a young upstart outfielder with boyish charm named Christian Yelich. Yeah, you hear that lineup and thinking of 2019 especially, you're like, that team could have been fucking incredible. So that's the best team yeah, in baseball, yeah. right? Like, that's, <laughs> I mean, that's incredible. Just right? add some pitching and they're World Series bound, right? Uh, <laughs> I also want to point out, I just love that every time I feel like we talk about maybe a, a big deal on this podcast, it's always the biggest deal in sports history every yeah. time we say it. Because <laughs> baseball players get paid a lot of fucking the, money. A lot of fucking money. And at the time, in 2017, it was. I know we've said this probably eight times by now about different players at different points in baseball history. But, yeah, every year these guys get paid more and more and more money. Uh, I just think it's funny that I have I have typed this out and I've said this biggest deal in sports history many times on this show. And to jump on a few things that actually Charlie's already said in this podcast, and, like, this is kind of not, a, you know, this isn't super fun thing to talk about, but... Um, Charlie said they should get Cuban players and they, this team needed pitching. Well, they had a guy named Jose Fernandez who was Cuban born, moved to Florida in high school, I believe, or around that age. Um, and was by all accounts, one of the best pitchers that in baseball in, in his four years that he played in the league. I mean, uh, he didn't, his, his middle two years, he didn't play a lot of games, but he never had an ERA over three. I mean, the guy had just had crazy stuff. I look at his 2016 season uh, where he finished seventh in the Cy Young. Honestly, he could have finished higher. Like, he had a 286 ERA and 253 strikeouts. Those are really, really good numbers for a guy who was 23 years old. There was so much promise. People loved him in that fan base. And tragically, he passed away in a boating incident. Um, and, I mean, that, that kills you. Like, that was a... That was exactly what, Charlie, you were talking about. He was a Cuban-born player, and he was a great pitcher. And to lose him, like, that's that's just like an act of God. That so sucks. suddenly. It was, it, was, it was September 25th, too, which is during the baseball season that this happened. I mean, it just such a out-of-the-blue shock. That's hard. That's really hard for a fan base, for a franchise. Um, I mean, it's, it's just, it's sad. And yeah, like you said, Sam, I mean, he was 19 years old when he was drafted. I mean, this dude was, a, I mean, he was a star clearly right out of the gate. He was going to be someone that could maybe lead this team to, you know, greater heights. Um, so it's sad. It's sad to see what happens. And we actually throughout this whole 2017, or I might be wrong, but in the 2017 season, they were wearing patches on their jerseys yeah. for him the whole year. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, his loss sent big shockwaves throughout this entire I mean, organization. It feels to me like this his death was a, a turning point for a franchise that uh, was always looking for a way or an excuse to sell away players, but then when you you lose a guy like that and your whole fan base, your whole like vision of the future for the team gets kind of crushed in like a single moment it it just really does seem like a turning point where yeah they play out 2017 with this roster but of, of all the great players that we mentioned earlier but I, I have to imagine people were not ex like they're like well we're the Marlins so you know we don't get to have these nice things it's hard. Yeah. Um, 
just sucks. Well, on August 27th, the Marlins were three games over 500 and fighting for the second wildcard spot. They'd gone 12 and 3 over their last 15 games thanks to the performance of National League MVP frontrunner Stanton, who had already broken the single season franchise record for home runs, and it wasn't even September. Yeah, just quickly before we get into the game, like, I remember There's this a guy we got to talk about. <laughs> I just remember this year, and just it was Stanton for the Marlins in the NL, and it was Aaron Judge for the Yankees in the AL. And it was like those two got yeah, time. rookie Aaron Judge. And those guys were these two giant men. They're both over 6'6. Six, six. They are massive. <laughs> and, they're, and they were just hitting ding dong after ding dong left and right. And it was like, it was, I think, kind of the first time that like regular season baseball had been kind of a huge story in a while. Like people were, I remember that as being like, being on ESPN a lot more than like I had remembered like you know random July and August baseball had been people were really excited about the amount of home runs that Stanton was hitting and and judge but but Stanton really because he he ended up in the middle of the summer taking a huge lead in that race and we the the home run record is 73 by Barry Bonds he was never going to catch that but the Bonds and McGuire home run a lot of people like we know, like a lot of people don't consider that. So people consider a lot of people still think Maris's sixty-one is the number to reach, and he very much at this point in the season, like he's looking at that number, and that number looks good. Mm-hmm. It's exciting. Yeah, I remember this year too because the the Marlins, this like you said, they'd gone twelve and three over their last fifteen games. I remember that just riding along this the home run race, like, oh shit, this the Marlins are good. Mm-hmm. And they kind of yeah, came out of nowhere. I mean, place. they had all these yeah. great players, but I don't, I don't think anybody even still expected them to be over 500 and be, you know, making a push for a division title for the first time. Well, not really a division title. They were like 15 games back from the Nationals. But they're fighting for a playoff spot. And if you know anything about the Marlins, it's that anytime they make the playoffs as a wild card, they're going to win the World Series. That's true. So (laughs) that's all you need if you're a Marlins team. (laughs) Well, going into tonight's game against the San Diego Padres, the finale of MLB's first ever players weekend, Stanton was sitting at 49 home runs and looking to become the sixth player in history to hit 50 home runs before the end of August. The game started off scoreless as Dan Straley, a.k.a. Rojo, and Clayton Richard, a.k.a. Richard, each worked through two clean innings. Put a nickname on your jersey. Don't be boring. Come on, Clayton Richard. What are you doing? (laughs) The Marlins, though, would pull ahead in the bottom of the third with two outs when D. Gordon, a.k.a. Varys Strange, singled on a bunt, and Giancarlo Stanton, a.k.a. Cruz, drove him in. Stanton lines it right field line, and it's fair. It's into the corner. To the races goes Gordon. Picked up by Blash. Here comes D. Here comes a throw. He's in there with a dive. Stanton arrives at third, and Miami has the lead. D. Gordon's nickname, Very Strange, sounds like a Marvel character. It does. He I ran like realize. a superhero around the fucking bases. He's really fast. Yeah, yeah he's super fast. And then you realize that his real name is Deveris. Gordon, it's pretty. It's a good. Uh, Devaris Strange I, I Gordon, that's his real name. Um, is Varus Strange? That's 
That's awesome. I think um, he might be a real life superhero who's just like instead of going and saving people, maybe he does. Maybe he's got some, you know, zipping around. Yeah, you know, it's like that scene in you know in The Incredibles. Like he can actually run at the speed of light, but he has to slow down when he's playing baseball. Yeah, he's only running at five percent. It's still incredible. Like one percent, maybe. Yeah, yeah. imagine you know, he's Dash. Got even five percent. Imagine Dash as a like a pinch runner. He'd have been so good. Yeah. <laughs> actually, even like. He probably would have got walked a lot because he's a very small guy. Small strike yeah, zone. Yeah, he has a tiny strike zone. Um, I would I would imagine that the, you know, bat to ball, your hand speed as well. Yeah. He's probably, he's probably you know, he's not hitting home runs. He's a tiny guy, but he's, you know. And also, he could literally hit the ball, ground ball, straight to the first baseman and still beat him. Yeah, and he, if he bat. made contact, so, he's getting on first. All he would have he's to safe. do is bunt. If he could just master bunting, he would have a 1,000 on-base percentage. If he could yeah, just make yeah. sure to also, always get the bunt down. If he walked, <laughs> if he got walked, he could get home before the catcher threw the, the ball back to the pitcher. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, he steal, He walks the first, steals second, steals third, steals home. <laughs> Man. You'd have to do an intent an intentional walk because don't they then they call time yeah well i don't know yeah i don't know I'd probably do yeah who knows we'll let great smarter baseball minds than ours. rob manfred yeah. hit Good us luck, up managers us yeah well stanton wouldn't stay on third for long though as richard spiked the very next pitch and stanton came home it was marlins two padres zero you just put a nickname on your jersey you probably wouldn't have fucked up this pitch Wanting to make up for the runs he'd allowed, Clayton Richard came to the plate with a runner on first, and he put his team on the board. Clayton Richard up now with one out. Richard sacrificed back in the third. He swings here, and he drives one down the right field line. That is deep, and that is gone. That's a two-run homer by the pitcher, Clayton Richard. And just like that, the Padres have tied the game. I guess maybe you don't need a nickname. It's just, maybe his jersey yeah. should say Big Ding Dong Richard, Big Ding Dong Dick. Like, come on, man. <laughs> this was a, He put a good swing on this ball. That was impressive. Yeah. yeah, it was a good one. Well, Richard's blast to right had tied it up 2-2. Two to two. The Padres would load the bases in the top of the sixth, but Dusty Coleman, a.k.a. D-Man, would go down looking to end the inning. D-Man, nickname rank, uh, scale 1 to 10. What do you guys think? Uh, that's a 2 or 3. If you're just going with like your initials or your initial... If you just go your man. initials, that's like a 1, maybe a 2 if you've got like cool initials. If you go your initial plus man or dog or something like that, then that's like a 2 or 3. Yeah, <laughs> I'd give it a 3. Solid 3. It's a classic. Like it's not... Sure. There's nothing wrong with it, but there's... Just not the most creative nickname. Z-Man is better. Z-Man is better than D-Man. And C-Man is funny because it sounds like semen. Yeah, he should have gone with sure, C-Man. Yeah. yeah, he could have. He's good. He's DC. In the bottom of the eighth, D. Gordon singled again, and Giancarlo Stanton stepped up to the plate. He worked a two-and-one count, then he made the Padres pay. Stanton drives it. Center field deep. Caesar gone! 50! Vaporized the center! Miami takes the lead! And Giancarlo just keeps on crushing! Time and time and 
again. Given the opportunity to change the course of the baseball game, waiting for a pitch and delivering. Giancarlo Stanton has done it all afternoon. Clayton Richard, as good as he has been, one hitter in this building has been better all afternoon. Cruz does it again. Yeah! Curtain call from Giancarlo. Crowd's still on their feet. Great to see that. Congratulations on number 50. How about it? Stanton's 50th home run was his 17th of the month, tied with Sammy Sosa and Willie Mays for one under the record of most home runs in August. What a moment. I mean, talking about, you know, how the Marlins fans don't really have a lot to root for, this has been the thing in 2017. Giancarlo Stanton hitting bombs. Um, I mean, I know the stadium is not filled with people, but looks like more people than maybe, you I think know, the an announcer said 25,000 um, or something, which yeah, 24, seems 25, good. something like that, which seems a decent amount. I mean, people are excited. The Marlins weren't done there, though, as Christian Yelich, a.k.a. Yelly, got his turn at the plate and promptly smoked one down the first baseline. Yelich, that's a fair ball. Down the line it goes. Yelich racing for second. Blash has it. Yelich not stopping. On his way to third, and he's got the triple. Ball gets loose. Yelich coming home. He's going to score. 5-2 Miami. 23,000 people here at Marlins Park are on their feet. They're loving what they're seeing right now. Gotta love the Little League. The Little League home run going on Is there. Is there a better play in baseball? <laughs> yeah, very I love exciting. In the video, you see he like he just strolls into third. He's just like, hey, man, that's pretty cool. I just hit a triple. And then the, <laughs> the base coach is like, fucking go, man, go. He's like, oh, shit, okay. You could see on his face that he's like, oh, fuck, and starts running. Yeah. Oh, that was funny. And you could even see the third baseman. Um, he's like throwing his hands up, almost like, don't throw. He's already here. Just forget it. Hold on to the ball. <laughs> and then, yeah, whoever throws the ball in, it's short. It bounces in front of him, and he can't scoop it up. I mean, yeah, felt like they, the third baseman the knew this man was coming. Fucked this up. Yeah, cutoff man should have hung on to it at that point. There, There's no point going for him at third. He was already standing back up. And the third baseman is still throwing his hands up, like, don't throw it, don't throw it. So, yeah. Yeah, they <laughs> fucked up. And it's, I mean, it's so cool seeing Christian Yelich in this game where it's like. It he is was, really fun, yeah. He was good at this point. He had a silver slugger. He had a gold glove at this point. Mm-hmm. He was a good player. But, like, it's funny to look at, like, how much hype is around Giancarlo Stanton in this game and how good Giancarlo Stanton is this year. And then being like. Oh yeah, but Christian Yelich is the best player in this game, and nobody knows yeah, it exactly. yet. You know? Yeah, I mean, he got he got MVP votes the year before in 2016. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's so funny that just like, oh, this guy is batting behind Giancarlo Stanton, and like we said when I read off all those names at the top, this is the best team in baseball, right? I it mean, should be, on. yeah, yeah. It was Marlins 5, Padres 2, and Miami would cap off the scoring when Derek Dietrich, a.k.a. Dietz, hit a blast of his own to right field, making it 6-2 Miami. The Marlins closer, Brad Ziegler, a.k.a. Unicorn, would work a 1-2-3 inning in the top of the ninth, sealing the deal and slamming the door on the Padres for the Marlins' fourth straight win in a series sweep. Woohoo! Go Marlins! Stanton would go on to hit his 51st home run two days later, tying Rudy York's record of 18 home runs in the month of August that he had set in 1937. 70 years.
80 years. Yeah. Yeah. 80 years ago. Uh, Rudy York does it. John Carlos Stanton does it in 2017. Good for him. <laughs> Unfortunately, the Marlins followed up their mammoth month of August by going 2-16 and 16 over their next 18 games. Woof. Finishing second. Whew, yeah, not that's horrible. I mean, it's literally, <laughs> it's almost the exact opposite of what they did leading up to it. They end up going these two months 500. That's not what you're hoping for. They finished second in the division and missed out on the playoffs for the 14th straight season. See, I guess that's why I just, I didn't really look at the standings of 2017 and where they were in August, but seeing they finished second in the division after going 2-16. and 16, It's a bad division. <laughs> I, I had just assumed that they, when they had gone like the opposite of that in August, that they were like making a run for the division, like they were in that race. But, but, yeah, no, that division yeah, was just awful. Nationals, yeah, the Nationals locked it down uh, a long time before that. And, yeah, it's rough. Rough way to end it. Despite the end-of-year disappointment, Stanton would be named the 2017 National League MVP and picked up the Hank Aaron Award and a Silver Slugger. The offseason, though, would bring about changes everyone knew were inevitable, but they still didn't want to accept. On October 2nd, the day after their season ended with an 8-5 loss to the Atlanta Braves, the team was sold to Derek Jeter and a group of investors, who immediately made it known they were looking to shed salary. It's not like the season ended and the team was sold and people were just like blindsided. People had known all season long that Loria was looking to sell the team. They actually had reached a, or reportedly had reached an agreement February before the season started to sell that Loria was going to sell the team to Jared Kushner and that there was reports that then Loria was going to then be named the ambassador to France. And people were like, okay, well he's obviously selling this team to Jared Kushner so that he could be named the ambassador to France. So that felt <laughs> Talk about collusion. <laughs> so that this guy already has a Rico charge against it, a Rico lawsuit exactly. against it. So that fell through. And then, yeah, they sell, he ends up selling the team to, uh, this team, this this group led by Derek Jeter and Bruce Sherman. Remember in our Cuba episode, Derek Jeter came out and talked about how he wanted to own a team. And like obviously Derek Jeter, very rich guy. But Derek Jeter didn't have the money to buy a baseball team. Uh, but he he owns like some small, 2-4% of the Marlins team. But he's the face of this ownership group. And he's named the CEO. And immediately, this was not... I, they got this... I've listened to interviews actually with David Sampson, who was the president of the Marlins under Jeffrey Lurie. He goes on the Dan Levitard show on ESPN a lot. And it's really interesting to listen to him talk about this, but basically he openly says like, we got them to way overpay for this team. They paid basically more money than they actually had. And so it was immediately, it was known like, all right, these guys paid the guys who bought this team, Derek Jeter, Bruce Sherman and their group paid more money than they had to buy this team. They're getting rid of everyone who makes any money because they don't have any money to pay these guys. Yeah. It's uh, not what you want. Yeah. For the Marlins. It's fans, not what you want, sure. especially after the guy that the franchise had just signed to a massive long-term deal wins the fucking MVP has the best year. Any Marlins player has ever had. Yeah. Uh, and you're a yeah. fan saying, Oh great. We got this guy locked in. He's going to be a Marlin for life. We're going to get a bunch more of these great seasons out of him. 
and then you hear all this and you're like, oh, well. Yeah, and you're like, uh-oh. All right, fucked. we just put <laughs> Jeffrey Lurie came and won the World Series on three great. Since then, he has fucked us over time and time again. We hate him. He fucked us over with the stadium deal. He gave he continually gives away any of our good players. Finally, he's selling the team. He's gone. Oh yeah, he fucks us over one more time by selling out the door by knowingly shits on the floor as he's headed out the door. <laughs> knowingly selling us to a te- to a guy to a, a group that has no intention of keeping this core together, no intention of competing. He everyone knows they're just gonna fuck this team over. It all started on December seventh with D Gordon, who was traded to the Mariners for three minor leaguers. Two days later, the ongoing saga of where Stanton would end up after rejecting trades to the Giants and Cardinals was finally closed when he waived his no-trade clause and was sent to the Yankees. That was such a I, that was such a big deal. I remember like yeah, that was all huge. offseason. Yeah. It was like, where is Stanton going to go? Is it going to be the Dodgers? Is it going to be the Giants? And then finally, he accepts the deal to go to the Yankees. And that was another thing. It was like, oh, Derek Jeter is just giving. Our, our best player yeah. to the Yankees who he played for his entire career. He's always going to be yeah, a Yankee. Like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> that is some bullshit. Uh, I think there's some bullshit there. I think that's a little... Uh, hmm. <laughs> there's definitely some bullshit there. And then they build this fucking one-two combo of the guys who were in this you know, AL versus NL home run race the year prior and Judge and Stanton are now it's both on the same team. It's like... They are batting back to back. Come on. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, I mean, that is crazy, too. You've got the guys that were leading the league in home runs. Stan hit 59, Judge hit 52. Like, that's ridiculous. Back to back in the order, you know, the two and three spot. Like, come on. That's just not fair. (laughs) A little over a week later, Marcelo Zuna would be shipped off to St. Louis. The option on Ichiro's contract would be declined, and he'd return to Seattle and the fire sale would be completed when Christian Yelich was traded to the Milwaukee Brewers. And becomes the best player in the NL. <laughs> yeah, that was huge, too. Um, I definitely remember the Christian Yelich showing up uh, in Milwaukee, because that's kind of... And that, I think, is interesting, because Milwaukee is a you know franchise that hadn't had as much success as the Yankees, so it was kind of interesting to see a guy that was you know kind of worth a lot end up going to a team like the Brewers and then obviously kind of helping turn around their team. Uh, that's a whole other. I mean, we've covered Christian Yelich on this uh, podcast. Yeah. He's, he, he was great. Is great. <laughs> a year later, the final nail in the Marlins coffin would come when JT Realmuto, coming off his first All-Star season, was traded to the Phillies, bringing about an official end to the potential seen by that 2017 roster. We didn't even get to talk about JT Realmuto all yeah, that much. Yeah, he wasn't in this game. He wasn't in this game, but he's but amazing. Just now like he's considered final... probably the best catcher in baseball. He's definitely the best yeah. hitting catcher in baseball, like without a doubt. And yeah, top five and for sure overall. Final thing, you know, the Marlins, hey, we've still got Realmuto. We've got this guy. He's pretty – nope, he's traded <laughs> next year. Like it just – oh, come on. Yeah, and now the Marlins – in 2017, they missed the playoffs. They finished 77-85. Not great, but, like, they're second in the division. They had this great month of August. Things – they competed. They had fans interested going into September, and that's that's huge. As anyone who's a baseball fan knows that, like, if you're the, one of the top, top teams, yes, you know you want to win the World Series. But, like, really, for a lot of other teams, it's like, I just want to care about my team at the end of August. Like, that's mm-hmm. big. 
And they had that for a few years, actually, going back to like 2015, 16, and 17, they kind of had that. And then 2018, they go 63 and 98. In 2019, oh, yeah. 2019, they, well, oh. save your off because in 2019, they I go know, 57 and 105. They become the laugh. I mean, the laughing stock of not just baseball, but sports. Um, hey, 2020, they are, you know, second, third in the division right around there. They you know? got the COVID um, boost. They're ready to who go. Knows, who knows what's going on with them in 2020? I mean, but, if you yeah, look at their 2020 what team, we're talking about 2017. This is like three years ago. The only guy, their only hitter, I'm pretty sure that's still on the team is Miguel Rojas. Like, I don't think there's another hitter on this team that was also on the 2017 team. So that's, I mean, that's not good for a franchise in just three years. Yeah, I mean, only three years. That's, you know, that's wild. Here's the thing. I like the Marlins as a concept. I like their uniforms. Yeah, in theory, I, the Marlins are great. <laughs> I I like their gaudy, weird stadium. Uh, I liked it better when it had that. Yeah, bring the sculpture back. What yeah, the I fuck? Think we all we all did. We uh, are a pro <laughs> sculpture podcast. We can't be more clear about that. Bring it back, Marlins. It was ridiculously ugly. Um, I don't even know how to describe it other than just like a a cornucopia of colors and and fish that kind of it was so ugly it was beautiful it was like the perfect it was seven seven it was like a shit post that they made a real thing just if you're listening right now go just google marlin sculpture and you'll see it if you don't know what we're talking about (laughs) uh derek jeter got rid of it because derek jeter hates fun and like i like all those things about the marlins i want the marlins to be good what they're doing this year i hope they can continue i don't think over 162 they would be anything this year they just don't have the talent in my opinion but they might make the playoffs this year and they've shown before the last two times they surprised people and made the playoffs they went on a run and won the world series so like if the Marlins win the world series this year i'll be fucking happy i just want to see (laughs) the marlins keep signing veterans that nobody expects anything out of and then or olympic speed skaters right (laughs) (laughs) and then yeah they turn out to uh hey they're they're pretty good if that's (laughs) like their go-to if that's their mo in the jeter era going forward he might be able to redeem himself if he just like gets veterans gets fun interesting people even if he's not going to spend a lot of money if he can at least do that then that's like the first step in trying to repair that relationship with baseball. <laughs> yeah. Well, what do you guys say? We move on and uh, do some extra innings. That was a fun game, but uh, I think we've got some fun stuff planned. Yeah, something we ba- we barely even talked about. We touched on a little bit telling everyone's nicknames, but like it was the first ever players weekend. Guys, they were wearing yeah. crazy uniforms, and they all had nicknames on the back, except for some losers who don't have nicknames. And they just choose to put their last name, like Clayton Richard. Just put Richard on his uniform. Yeah, that kind of sucks. So what we're doing uh, for our extra innings this week is we kind of went around. We found some players that either, you know, didn't really have, don't really have nicknames, or they don't really have nicknames that are, you know, popular, the kind of nicknames that fan bases want to get behind. Uh, So we came up with a handful of nicknames. We each found some players. uh, And we're going to let you know 
uh, what we came up with. Um, Sam, I thought you could start because you picked a player, picked who, a player was yeah, who was in this game. Who was actually in this game. Um, and he's a guy who, uh, you know, you might see his name on the back of a jersey and you might be confused. You might wonder, is that a nickname? Because <laughs> his name is Matt Caesar, <laughs> and it certainly is not spelled that way. Uh, his last name is spelled S-C-Z-C-U-R. And so I thought a good nickname for him might just be Scrabble. Uh, Cause it kind of looks like you took a bunch of Scrabble tiles, all right. All right. and threw them. I wonder how it. much is. You wonder how much what? Hold on, I want to I want to jump in and I want to say I want to figure out how much his name what, is worth. What, in yeah, what what that would be worth without any triple or double letters and stuff. Yeah, I'm looking it up right now, and uh, then we can maybe. Uh, yeah, and and I mean an alternative nickname I thought might be Salad Caesar Salad. Uh, oh, that could be fun. Nice, nice. But I, I think that Scrabble would, is Caesar is would go. be worth, uh, would be worth twenty six points in Scrabble. Wow. Uh, prior to any, imagine know, hitting a triple points. word on that. Oof. Wow, Matt Caesar, worth it. <laughs> uh, Charlie, all right. Who do you got? I'm giving Joe Mauer a nickname. I mean, he is your typical Minnesotan. Kind of understated kind guy. Of understated <laughs> guy. But he was also, in a way, kind of, you know, one of the leader of those uh, 2000s twins teams. General Mills, I think, would be a good nickname for him. General Mills <laughs> is a Minnesota company. It's kind of like he's like, you know, he's, I don't know. He's like, a, he reminds me of cereal for some reason. He's just kind of boring, <laughs> your typical yeah. breakfast, nothing special. And he was like the general of those twins teams, yeah. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so yeah, I yeah. think General Mills um, would be kind of a funny nickname so for Joe good. Mauer. It's kind of a reach. It doesn't really have anything related to him. Dude. but. <laughs> It's funny that General Mills is like a Minnesota company and like Kellogg was like, a, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure like a Michigan Detroit company uh, or at least somewhere in Michigan. The Midwest yeah. is just owning the cereal market. All right. Um, so I, I came up with a nickname for Garrett Cole. Um, so one thing about Garrett Cole that we know, he gets lots of swings and misses, right? You know, he'll kind of power his fastball in there and then hit you with those breaking balls you don't expect. Over 300 strikeouts um, yeah. So the nickname I've got for Garrett Cole is G String because he pulls the string on those breaking balls oh, to gross. get swings and misses. That's gross. I think MLB might not let him put that on his jersey. Oh, this maybe wouldn't go on his jersey, but it'd be all over social media. <laughs> and Garrett Cole in a G String taking <laughs> photos. <laughs> all right. All right. Um, Sam? Uh, so I looked at a list of guys who did not have nicknames for players weekend. And someone jumped out at me immediately. And that was Steve Pierce. Um, And you might not know who Steve Pierce is. And that plays into why I'm giving him this nickname. nickname. (laughs) Uh, And his nickname would say world series MVP question mark. Because Steve (laughs) Pierce was the MVP of the 2018 world series. And I'm pretty sure that's a fact that when you hear, you might go, he was the World Series MVP. Uh, so I think he needs to put, I think he needs to let people know by putting World Series MVP on his jersey, but also add that question mark just to kind of, you know. Have some fun yeah. with it. A little self deprecating humor. I like it. Yeah, that's great. All right. <laughs> All right. I'm, um, I've got my boy Lance Lynn. And of course. ever since he signed with Texas, and I see him in a Texas Rangers uniform in their new stadium that looks kind of like a big barn, 
I just think beef. <laughs> so I think his nickname should just be Beef. <laughs> oh, I like it. I like it. That's I could really see if that. You Lance just Lynn. look up a picture of Lance Beefy Lynn, boy. especially at just something about see Texas on his chest. Oh yeah. I just think Beef. I think that would be a great nickname for him. Yeah, I know Lance Lynn has kind of been. You know, he's played for a handful of teams now. Um, something about Texas Rangers just seems right for him. You know, I don't know. Um, all right. Well, next I've got another pitcher. Um, I've got John Lester. Uh, so I was thinking up a nickname for John Lester. Uh, if there's one thing everyone knows about John Lester, uh, it's that he does not like to throw to first base. And he kind of has this thing that he'll do where he calls it his Pippin to Jordan bounce pass to first, uh, where he literally bounces the ball on a pickoff move. Does not make any sense to me, but in league with that, I figured a good nickname for John Lester could be Boing Boing uh, because of his bouncing throws to first. Uh, yeah. What if he just put on his jersey, he just said, please don't run on me? So <laughs> that would be when you're at first base, you see the, the back guy. of his jersey, you're like, oh, okay, I don't want to hurt the guys. No, he's a left-handed. Here's what's crazy. He's left-handed. Okay, yeah, so that's he's actually true. He's literally base. looking at first base and can't <laughs> throw it. And they so exactly. It's it's insane. But I like the I like that nickname as well, Sam. That's a good, you know, kind of a backup secondary nickname. <laughs> please don't run on me. Please. Um, please. <laughs> Another player I picked is a guy who um, is like an all-star. Is a guy who's a good player. He's a star in this league. I guess you guys also picked all-stars, but like this is a guy who I, I think of as having like some flash, some some character to him. And it's not that he didn't have a nickname on his jersey of Players Weekend, but I, I believe it just said JB, and that's Josh Bell. That's just some, some initials. That's boring. I'm not here for that. So I want to give him a good nickname. And I'm going to give him one that to me is very – I hold it dear to my heart because it's it's one of my favorite institutions in the world. Um, and some of my favorite catchphrases in a commercial of all time. I want his nickname to be Yokiero Taco. Uh, so that way his name will be Yokiero Taco Bell. <laughs> That's a good one. Okay. All right. Okay. I like it. I like it. <laughs> uh, Charlie. Okay. I've got. What do you got? Uh, Ozzy Albies, who, I mean, his first name, Ozzy, is already just, like, a shortened nickname. But I can't believe a player like Ozzy Albies doesn't have an actual nickname. I'm going with the great and powerful. Because it's like, uh, you know, the great and powerful Oz. But it would just be the great and powerful. Maybe people would think it was too grandiose, but... No, I think that's you know. cool. I think that's, like, obviously everyone knows Ozzy Smith was the wizard. Um, right, I thought of the wizard, and I, you know, that, that's already been done. Yeah, but the great and powerful, very cool. That's Is Oz the great and powerful the movie with James Franco? Yeah, correct. <laughs> oh, that movie sucks. <laughs> cool oh, nickname, funny, but though. based off a shitty movie. <laughs> yeah, but it works. It works. I like it. Um, all right, so I've got uh, one more picture here. Uh, Zach Grinky. Um, so my nickname, proposed nickname for Zach Grinky is. Donald Zachary Grinky, one-time Cy Young winner, six-time All-Star, two-time Silver Slugger, six-time Gold Glover, and 2002 sixth overall pick. Wow, that's a lot to put that's on a single all jersey. all on his jersey. I imagine it is uh, just blocks of text 
the reason I think I think this would be his nickname, I think Zach Greinke is a very straightforward guy. Uh, he, you know, he talked about wanting to leave the Royals because he didn't want to play for it. He wouldn't be motivated to play for a team that wasn't competing. Uh, we see that he calls his own pitches. Uh, he's just a very straightforward guy. And I feel like a guy like Zach Greinke would have a very straightforward. He might not even fully grasp the concept of it needing to be a short nickname. No. Uh, he would just put his, you know, so people are fully right, aware. Just putting the resume on the, on the back of the putting shirt. Putting the resume on the back of the jersey uh so everyone knows wherever they are uh exactly who and what zach Greinke is all about wow. he could make it even harder for whoever has to make the jersey and say i want it to be my season stats up to that point <laughs> so it's like his era his strikeouts so it's like so whoever's got to make that is like they got to do it the day of constantly update it yeah constantly adding to it and like, oh, God, here we go. We got to take it off, put it back All on. All right, he got take nine strikeouts. Let oh, me take this off and add. Okay. Oh, he gave up a run. His ERA went up a little bit. Okay. <laughs> Are they making alterations mid-game? They're doing that like, in yeah. between innings? Oh, yeah, he goes God. into the dugout, Ooh, wow. and, you know, he's got the, the tailor in there, the team tailor. Wow. <laughs> that would be fun. Yeah. All right. Well, that was our extra innings for the week. Um, let us know if you have any better nicknames. Um, maybe you're a fan of, you know, some of these teams and these guys actually have nicknames we don't really know about. Uh, let us know. We'd love to hear it. Um, but thanks for listening. Uh, email us at ogatpod at gmail.com with game suggestions or, yeah, like I said, anything to reach out. Uh, if you enjoyed the show, tell your friends about us. We're on all the podcast platforms. Make sure to subscribe, rate, review. All that stuff helps get our show out there so more people can find it. Uh, we're on all the social media, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, at OGATPod. Check it out. Uh, we are on Patreon, too, so check that out. If you want to support the show, uh, we'll shout out new supporters at the end of our episodes. And like we said at the beginning, we've got some other fun perks and things like that for you to check out. So thanks, yeah, everybody. And one of the perks on that Patreon is if you give us money, we'll give you a cool nickname. Exactly. We'll start giving out nicknames. Um, thanks, everybody. And uh, we'll see you all soon. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. What the fuck was that? This draw.